Hi, this is Dan Cassetta. Welcome to Flashback Friday on Changing Lives, Selling Knives. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from people who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. Episodes feature some of Cutco's most prominent alumni and top achieving current leaders. Flashback Friday is your chance to hear a short piece of one of my favorite past episodes. We'll hand select the best nuggets to share with you in this short form. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real-world concepts for business and life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's flashback. Today we are flashing back to episode number 89 with Cutco Vector's CTNY division manager, Kyle Preman. Kyle is a veteran of the Cutco Vector marketing business since 1999 and a member of the company's Hall of Fame. After graduating from Tufts University with a triple major, Kyle took on the district manager role and thrived in this position before being promoted to division manager in 2015. Kyle leveraged successful financial strategies to achieve a million-dollar net worth as a district manager, and he is adept at teaching others how to build their financial future, especially through the Vector opportunity. In this short snippet, Kyle shares some success factors for his growing division, then he gets into some of the strategies he used to build his financial success, including books and principles that have impacted him the most. This snippet ends with Kyle's inspiring vision for how he and all of us listening can have a powerful impact on changing lives. Here at Cutco Vector, We are truly changing lives selling knives by bringing these critical skills for life to people at a time that can be transformative in impacting the rest of their lives in all areas. Please help spread the philosophies and strategies of Cutco Vector by sharing this and other episodes of this podcast with people in your network. The podcast is available for free on just about all podcast players, all episodes, guest bios, and show notes can also be found at changinglivespodcast.com, and you can support our podcast sponsors by clicking on the link marked Deals on the podcast homepage. Enjoy this flashback segment with Kyle Preman, and remember that you can revisit the full conversation at episode number 89. Let's talk a little bit about your division, because you've got a growing division that's doing really well and that uh, I feel like is uh, primed for some breakthroughs in the years ahead. What are some of the keys to the success of your division right now? Yeah, I, I love these guys. I mean, they are awesome. I think the first one would have to be the casting of a big vision uh, for my people so they, they see hope in the future and, and the opportunities for them expanding. I've always been one that can just throw big things out there and say, like, I'm not sure how we're going to get there, but like, I'm fired up to accomplish this. And, you know, the number right now is the $20 million division. $10,000 productivity like are two concepts that I'm throwing out there, not haphazardly or, or anything like that, but like a legitimate plan. Like, this is how we're going to get there. It's not going to happen in 2020 for sure, but like, you know, 2025, like, you know, by 2030, like, you know, down the ICA business where that that's happening and we're creating that type of 
type of success. Like I didn't get to build a mediocre organization. I'm telling my guys constantly, like, listen, I didn't even need the DVM promotion. I was a millionaire before I became a DVM. <laughs> I also really like our broad reaching kind of mission statement to continuously pursue a more ideal version of ourselves. We have more capacity to give to and provide to the people we love and care about. I think it appeals to more people and you know it resonates with with a lot of people that like there's nothing about knives or selling or anything like that. It's about like you know becoming more of what we're meant to become as people and utilizing the business as a platform and a vehicle to bring the best out of ourselves, which uh, that I'm excited about and I think is is causing excitement for everybody else. I think it just stems from my deep rooted belief that there's no better place for somebody to spend their collegiate career in early 20s to build their personal, professional, and financial foundations than with Vector. Like if they have aspirations beyond that, great. But I think people like you know, being here through their college years, there's no class that's going to teach them. There's no, uh, there's no internship where they're going to get the same level of experience. And there's definitely no job they're going to be able to earn the same type of income while they're in college. We started talking about people getting to a million dollars in career two years out of school. And if they earn, you know, uh, revenue wise, like, you know, four, five hundred thousand dollars in that time frame, they could spend a hundred thousand dollars and still have three to four hundred grand left over at that point that they could invest, pay off college. You know, people graduating college debt free is exciting. <laughs> in this instance, there's some people whose parents are paying for college. They might have three hundred thousand, four hundred thousand dollars invested. Uh, we already have three or four people that kind of latched onto that concept four or five years ago that are like kind of in that mode right now. Uh, Tyler Langmeyer, Dylan Foley, and some of these guys that are going to get to a million dollars well before they're even two years out of school which I think is firing me up to continue to provide that opportunity for people. And you know, my, my belief in the DM opportunity that I lived for 10 years, I think uh, I, I, I can communicate to all my districts, like every scenario or circumstance that they're experiencing or they're in at any point in their career as DMs, I've experienced like, you know, in a decade of, of doing their job. Yeah. So, you know, I, think it, I think it helps a lot with that tangible experience of, of being a district for such a long time and loving it, you know, I can obviously parlay some of that into into my role as a DBM right now and provide value for my people uh, that I'm responsible for leading. You referenced achieving a million dollar net worth. I know this is something that several of your peers have told me was a um, a great thing about what you did as a district manager is you got uh, over a million dollar net worth during your days as a district manager. Uh, what were some of the financial strategies that you employed in order to be able to get there? Yeah, um, it's actually I, I, I owe Vector a lot. Uh, you know, it, I was 18, and I remember listening to a, a financial fitness and habits message from John Wasserman, uh, who's also a division manager in in my region. Now it's kind of cool that I'm now like you know working as his, a colleague of his. When I first you know I, I, I owe a lot to him because he he stood in front of the room and he was like, "There's going to be one percent of you in this room that does everything that I'm telling you to do." this financial message. And those of you that do it are going to be very wealthy and very successful. And I was like, I'm going to be that guy. You know, so uh, I was. And uh, I basically just you know took a lot of the information that he talked about. So um, for me, like I, you know, I think having a long-term uh, financial goal in mind, uh, mine at this point is to change my entire family's financial future forever. Uh, you know, getting to the 50 to $100 million you know. Well, so I mean, I'm, I'm going to be with Vector for a, a very long time. Uh, I've, I've realized that there's there's a lot of large cash infuses that you get 
um, working with Vector that I don't think you really have the opportunity to get very many places. You know, the the twenty and thirty and forty thousand dollar lump sum bonus checks that you know you can you can lock away and, and sock away pretty easily. But um, I think uh, you know, as a district, it was you know being really disciplined with my spending habits inside of Vector and outside of it as well. Uh, I think a place that a lot of people draw is that like personal habits and spending aren't really that great. They have a division manager usually with their budget for their office. But uh, I, I was also very disciplined outside of the workplace uh, as well. I had a budget, always paid cash when I was younger because I didn't trust myself with a credit card and get in trouble with, with those things. Um, I think I also took advantage of the sales industry in general where you know my extra work, effort, energy that I was putting into things could actually lead to more income. Uh, I think it, it, from an investment standpoint and a building financial wealth standpoint, the sales industry has, a, has some unique advantages in that like, I can actually dictate my pay uh, to, a, to a certain degree, which uh, a lot of other people wouldn't be able to do. Uh, the simple concepts of paying myself first, like first of the month, it was like you know, every single time I was uh, you know, writing a check. Uh, at that point, and now it's a direct deposit, so I never have to think about it. <laughs> you know, uh, when I first started as a DM, we, we didn't really do direct deposit. I said I still have to write the physical check back then, but now it's direct deposit, which is great. Um, I always tell people that the habits are more important than the amount when when you're first getting started. So I don't mm. think a lot when I first got started. I was like, you know, you know, two hundred and fifty dollars a month, five hundred dollars a month when I first started as like an eighteen year old. Uh, you know, doing all this, but uh, you know, the percentages are what, what matters. I, I guess I could touch on that uh, momentarily. I think the big one was just the twenty percent of my income I always put towards my long term investments, and I was a lot more aggressive about it when I was younger. Tell me more about uh, some of the financial strategies that you've employed. Sure. Well, I read some great books. That was certainly helpful. I read The Wealthy Barber, Secrets in the Millionaire Mind, which is by T. Harv Ecker, and The Value Investing from Warren Buffett, and then uh, Real Money from Jim Cramer were kind of four of my favorites that I think have a broad scope of like you know strategies. Uh, the Wealthy Barber has like kind of the simple strategies, a lot of the percentages and breakdowns of like how I saved the money is from Secrets in the Millionaire Mind. Individual stock picking and things like that were more Buffett and Cramer, but for me, the breakdown was always I tried to live on half of my income, so significantly living below my mean. Uh, by you know, fifty percent was needs, twenty percent long term savings, and then thirty percent on just you know whatever extra expenditures and things like that. Campaign bonuses, super bonuses, development bonuses, all that stuff. I invested everything, and then um, monthly bonus was the only one that I like you know used to kind of support the office and outside of work. In terms of the strategy, it was just like simple dollar cost averaging into index funds, S&P 500 index fund until I had about $100,000 invested. And then I chose to be a lot more aggressive when I was younger. I'm a little more conservative now and more index fundish now that I'm older. But uh, I was a lot more risk heavy <laughs> when, I was, when I was younger. It was about half speculative and half towards building my nest egg. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the you know dollar cost averaging, and then the other half, I was I was picking stocks. You know, the way I looked at it is like you know if I lose five thousand dollars, you know, picking a stock, you know, when I was twenty one or whatever, I had my entire working life to to make that five thousand dollars back, and I wasn't as concerned with it. But that five thousand dollars, you know, it could be a home run, which you know turns into a lot more later on down the line, which uh, this great company named Apple 
that I bought way back when uh, definitely did. And it got me to the million dollars <laughs> a little bit more at accelerated pace. My, my 4,000% <laughs> return on it, <laughs> which was good. And then I think my foundations in, in economics from being an economic major, like I have a base understanding of the markets to a certain degree. I think people overcomplicate it oftentimes when they're investing, like, you know, to keep it simple, it's just dollar cost average and then uh, buy what you know. <laughs> and that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, and the concept of dollar cost averaging for uh, some of the, younger people listening uh, is that you're investing a specific monthly amount consistently into the same funds. And by doing that, when the funds are uh, lower, you're buying more. When the funds are higher, you're buying less. And so the buy low, sell high portion, the, the buy low portion of buy low, sell high is being forced upon you mathematically. That's the idea of dollar cost averaging. You're investing a consistent monthly amount. And so being able to do that helps people to be putting more into the market when the market is a little bit down and you know l- less when it's up. So mm-hmm. good stuff. Awesome. Yeah. The only other thing was just the sound tax strategies uh, so I could keep more of my money. I invested in getting a really solid accountant that like knows what they're doing relative to our business and taking advantage of... Uh, you know, the tax advantaged investment vehicles like you know Roths, SEPs, Universal Variable Life Insurance, like you know think, things like that that I can use to protect some of the money that I'm earning rather than paying a lot in taxes. Yeah, one of the principles I learned early on was to maximize any sort of tax deferred retirement vehicle, and that's been something that I've done consistently since my mid twenties. Is I've been able to maximize those elements of my savings on an annual basis. For many years, that was my SEP and my Roth. And those things have changed over the years, what they've been for me. But the the idea of maximizing your tax-deferred retirement options, a 401k if you're employed, and uh, you can still do a Roth uh, in that case. Those are all things to maximize. And then ultimately, once you have a family, you have dependents, Universal variable life insurance becomes a way of also being able to have some tax advantages while providing that additional benefit to your family. So all good stuff. Kyle, you've shared some good insights on uh, ways that you're impacting people in your organization and changing lives. That's the theme of this podcast. And just want to give you a chance as we wrap up here to share anything else that you have on how you aspire to change people's lives through your work or through your influence. Sure. Yeah, I, I just think that the the big things that I'm looking for right now in in my business is to you know the, the sound financial training and habits that uh, that my my people are learning so that they can live their life without monetary restrictions or having to chase a paycheck. That cut through college concept. You know, I, I I'm I'm really enjoying teaching because portion of a 22 or 23 year old having you know three four hundred thousand dollars invested at that time two years out of school. In a lot of ways, like you know, based on finances and things like they're financially set for the rest of their life, and that they can pick their head up at that point and start rather than chasing paychecks. And I just want to put people in that position as as often as possible. I've said to my division and people multiple times that as a parent, I'm responsible for the world that my children grow up in. And if I'm not, you know, doing everything in my power to you know influence that world as significantly and make it a significantly better place. And the one that I'm living in right now, I'm failing as a parent, and that's just unacceptable to me. So, 
biggest reason that is DVM now is that through, through my role, and especially the leadership academy opportunities that we, we offer people, uh, I'm going to influence 10 to 20,000 college students in the next decade to make sure that they have the right values, morals, work ethic, you know, desire to provide a positive impact on the world and their surroundings. You know, so whatever they do in the future, they're, they're going to learn to lead there. They're going to choose to lead there. And uh, bring a little bit of vector, bring a little bit of you know the, the Kyle Preeman and our divisional culture with them to ultimately make the world that my kids grow up in uh, a significantly better place. I just want to make sure I'm utilizing my position to give people a, a source of confidence that they can draw for life, uh, that they can succeed at higher levels than they were planning on in whatever their future endeavors or callings happen to be. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's flashback episode of Changing Lives, Selling Knives, you can find the full episode and show notes at changinglivespodcast.com. You can also sign up there to receive free resources from me and some of our amazing guests. Please consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player and hit the subscribe button so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. This is Dan Cassetta signing off We'll be back in a few days for our next story about changing lives.